You are listening to the Hope Public Schools Weekly Podcast. This podcast is produced by the Hope Public School District as a communication tool for students, parents, staff, and community. I want to welcome you to today's episode. I'm Hope Public School Superintendent, Dr. Bobby Hart. I recently sat down with our Hope Public Schools dyslexia team, which is led by Ms. Karen Ivers, Tina Smith, and Ms. Holly Hooker. We discussed our recent graduation from the Take Flight program. We also talked about where the program started and where we wanted to go. These are three great teachers and great people, and I think you'll enjoy listening to them. Today we've got Ms. Karen Ivers, uh, Ms. Holly Hooker, and Ms. Tina Smith are with us to talk about our dyslexia program. And so thanks guys for taking time to be here. I had the opportunity to sit down and watch you guys interact with a group of kids a couple of weeks ago that really kind of touched me, uh, that you guys took your time and energy and hand-delivered uh, an invitation to their Take Flight graduation. Can y'all tell me a little bit about what I saw first? Don't everybody speak at once. You saw some excited students. Yeah. Um, they knew they had put forth the work and, and have covered the last two, three years working very closely with one of us. So the relationship to let them go is hard, mm-hmm. um, but we have to. We have to let them go. So it was, it was a little emotional. Yeah, I mean, um, it was obvious that there were some relationships there just by the, the, the smiles on their faces and, and the way they reacted uh, to what you all were telling them. I mean, Nick got hugged and, you know, a few tears. And, and then we had the opportunity to sit down at the, the graduation ceremony. And uh, uh, that was that was impressive to me. 32 kids? Yes. That's pretty impressive. And four years? That they, some three, some, some two, some yeah. four. Yeah. It depended on their disability and where they ranged. Um, so tell me a little bit about... Uh, where we were as a program, dyslexia-wise, and where we want to get to as a program uh, in dyslexia. And you guys just have a conversation or talk to me about that. Don't look confused, Miss Hooker. You know, you got answers. I know. I have I have a few answers, but as far as where it started, that's probably the. It was just Karen. Yeah. It was. We were at Ground Zero. Um, we were 32 years behind the other states. Uh, as far as passing the law that these students needed to have services. Um, Although working as a a reading teacher and interventionist, I saw the need, just was not sure where to go next. Um, And that's where you became involved, allowing us to further our education to know how to serve these students. Most of that was, as you mentioned, by law. We had to change our approach. And I think that was coming out of the 2015 mm-hmm. legislative yes. uh, session. And uh, Senator Elliott, Joyce Elliott, passed, worked hard to pass a bill that had been laying there for a number of years. Right. That she had been advocating for and it finally passed. Uh, because for a number of years, we didn't have to provide those services. Right. Um, for whatever reason, I don't, I don't understand, but it... Nobody ever had to provide them, and they weren't being, and you said it right, it's not just Hope Public Schools, but statewide, it wasn't being done. So uh, we know that in 15, we changed our approach, and we started with one of you, or you, and um, have grown now to three, and I 
I'm pretty confident we're going to grow more. I see all of you shaking your head. That means that your caseload <laughs> yes. is large enough that you need more. Is that right? Yes. yes. It will be. Absolutely. So after the two years of the um, certified academic language therapy, we then brought Tina Smith in. And um, so would you like to speak about your experience yeah. of... Um, it's been a, a, a wild but great ride. I've had lots of fun with these kids, um, getting to know know them, lots of new information, I'm very overwhelmed at times, but I'm looking forward to um, the future and the growth that we're making. Now you've, been, you've been with them two years? This is my fourth year. Okay. Doing Doing this. Okay. See, I, I, time flies. It does. Um, and so you were at, you saw... Many of those kids you had that graduated, you interacted with, and you you yes, were for there four years, and yeah, a couple of them my last year in the classroom, so a couple of them I've had for five years, and so it's hard to let go, sure. but they're they're ready. So what's next for those kids though? You know, they've you they've been taught if this is the way I understood and understand, mm -hmm. you guys have worked to teach them strategies and and steps to to overcome the problems they have in regard to dyslexia. And so while they aren't they're no while they've attained all those steps and they've got all those things, what role, if any, do we still play as a school system in their lives and in their educational lives? They will see um, the dyslexia coordinator from now until the day they graduate. I have followed a couple to college to help them begin to become self advocates yeah. to know about their own disability how they think and what is appropriate for them. They are not all the same. Therefore, some may need um, a text-to-speech while others may need speech-to-text. It's going to depend on what their needs are for them to be aware of them. So that's where, where our growth is right now, is to continue to see these students, support them, um, and allow them to become who they are with what they have. Well, you know, one of the things that I was found amazing the other night was one of the, I think it was a young man that was in college, uh, and during his presentation, he, he made, I think it was him that said, I felt like I was just dumb and couldn't learn. And that was heartbreaking to hear because uh, we all believe that, that we can all, everybody can learn. And everybody's not going to learn at the same rate, and everybody's not going to learn the same method. Uh, but everybody can learn, yes. and that that was to it hear was, a kid talk about himself in those terms. Uh, you know, it's 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 pretty. Yeah, brought a tear to my eye that anybody would that a kid would feel that way about themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I, but the growth and the change, yeah, in that his was mindset soul, yeah. and the way he feels about himself now, yeah, and to get up and to talk to a room full of people was just amazing to see him yeah. that way, knowing the way that. Knowing where he was before. Yeah, not yeah, being outgoing and open enough and transparent enough to, to stand in front of a group of people and have that conversation. Uh, and by his own accord, he, he didn't speak much, didn't talk much, didn't, didn't interact, you know, when this process started. He so. didn't say a word until he was five. Yeah. And, uh, and I just think about all the experiences he missed out on um, because we weren't able, or somebody, parents weren't able Nobody knew, whatever the excuse or reason is, nobody knew how to help him. And uh, that's sad. That, you know. But he's overcome, and he's he's on his path to 
success and uh, we hope lead a healthy and happy life. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of hard work. We we were here at school 9 o'clock at night. We were working Saturdays, Sundays. Um, He put forth that effort. He's been a great example, too, for for the students that have come through the program and are currently going through the program. I have some that have seen our newsletter that went out that had the pictures of the graduation. They're like, we know him. He he works here at the school, and he has dyslexia, and they're amazed. And to be able to see that and where they can go has been fantastic. It, it just for a kid to realize I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. That it's not just me, mm-hmm. uh, because it doesn't matter if you're dyslexic or not. Uh, being a child, being a kid, is difficult enough because you think all eyes are on you and everybody's watching you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and then to to compound that with, you know, not being able to learn at the same rate that others may be able to learn. Um, I can't imagine. Y'all, you, you've, you've gotten to know and gotten to be friends with, I'm sure, and uh, a lot of parents. Mm-hmm. That, yes. That was very evident in those conversations. Um, what are some of the things that parents have maybe uh, said to you or, or complimented you? I know y'all won't share the compliments probably, but you know, what are some things that, that parents have said that how they feel about their child progressing? Holly? Um mostly just thank you they needed to know how to help and helping them to become better advocates for their children and resort providing resources for them there's just been a lot of of thank you and gratitude Uh, really just a lot of a lot of gratitude a lot of thank yous um and you do build a relationship with the parents as well as the students and a lot of phone calls and a lot of conferences take place over those course of years. Um, right. And some tears and some laughs. I was going to say, a lot of boxes of Kleenexes because it's going to happen. Yes, sure. and you cry with them because you you grow a love. You develop sure. that yeah. love and, and care for that child. And Yeah, you wouldn't be human if you didn't get right. close to them. So, um, well, I hear the word, and, and, and not just from you guys but today, but a lot of the word advocacy. And what is that when you talk? I think I have an idea when you teach a kid how to advocate for themselves. But what does that mean? What do you guys, when you are teaching a kid how to advocate for themselves, what does that look like? Being able to go up to a teacher and we're not making excuses Mm -hmm. that I can't do this because I have dyslexia. But knowing that I have dyslexia, I need more time to do this. Can I have a little more time to do this to complete this assignment? Or can I have someone help me read this? Or a computer program to help me read this? So just being able to speak up for themselves with respect towards the teacher or whomever, whomever it may be, this is what I need to help me um, succeed. And that trait's going to carry into college and into the workforce mm-hmm. as well, I would assume. I mean, you got to be able to, to articulate what it is you, your needs are. And, and how you can do it best. Um, self-reliance. Knowing the things about yourself. I am strong in this area. My strengths are here. Most of our children don't have that. When we get them, their self-esteem, the idea that they are capable of anything is non-existent. 
So we have a lot of um, self-esteem building activities, uh, videos, discussions of who I am and what I am capable of doing. Um, you know, it would be nice if every kid could get that personalized touch. Uh, and, and every kid doesn't need that personalized touch. I get it. You know, I understand. And it's... But every kid deserves the opportunity to accept that personalized touch, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, Karen, you learn this way. Why don't you and I, why don't I teach you in the manner that you learn best? And as teachers, I, I would hope that's what we strive to do with mm -hmm. all 28 or 30 or whatever, you know, every kid in our class. That's where we struggle, I think, as general ed teacher, teachers in regard to not just uh, regular ed students, but mm -hmm. dyslexic students. And that is one of our goals. You asked what our goals yeah. are. Our goals to make these teachers aware, to help them understand, and to see that this particular child needs this, and it's okay to give it to them. It's okay to um, teach out of that box so that they can get that concept. And I'm glad you brought us back to your goals because I let, let the conversation go in a different angle. But, um, Holly, you mentioned you had some ideas and some goals moving forward. I hate to keep calling you out and putting you on the That's spot. okay. Um, I know definitely, like Ms. Ivers said, we it's going to be our one of our goals to make sure our teachers understand um, what the students need. And another goal is going to be helping parents understand what their students need and how to help them ask for that. Um, we, of course, need about 12 more of her and <laughs> um, we we're gonna go to a pretty amazing conference, I think, and learn some more about dysgraphia, and um, help me say the word dyscalculia. dyscalculia. Um, I have a very hard time with that word. Um, we we need more growth ourselves, yeah. also. Um, what um, I know we need more of you all, and we're gonna try to work on building more of you all. Like Frankenstein, but uh, what if you could tell classroom teachers one or two things about working with students with dyslexia? Um, if you've seen one student with dyslexia, you've only seen one student with dyslexia. There, there, there's a variety. Each person is unique and special in their own way, and what may work with one may not work with another. And so it's just this always this trial and error of. What, where is the strength for this child and what can I do to help this child succeed and grow? Mm -hmm. wow. Goals, where you want to see the program grow? Um, eventually we're going to need a dyslexia person at every building. Mm -hmm. I think we've got Clinton Primary pretty much covered. Okay. and we, we need to expand out. Secondary really needs, we need to work on some of that. Um, and I feel like right now we really work well together as a team. Uh -huh. So just growing our team and constantly staying up on the research, the current research and the things that are coming out. Karen? I agree. Placing someone um, at each of the buildings, not necessarily for just the Take Flight program, but for them to become aware how to use this information, this strategy, when they get in a psychology book. 
is there not a lot of research that's going to tell us that many of the same strategies and interventions that work with a dyslexic child are going to work and help every kid in their classroom? There are five components, yeah. and it covers all five components of reading. It will help every student. There, There's not one that it wouldn't help. Um, Dave Kilpatrick says there's 1%, 1% that may not be able to learn this way. So we have 99% that can. Yeah. Um, we just need it in every classroom consistently. We need to buy our teachers in. Yeah. Um, that's something we can talk about more in regard to professional development plans as, as well uh, because... Uh, if we're gonna, if we're truly serious about reaching our, our wildly important goal of every child reading on grade level, then we've got to make sure we're giving every teacher every tool we possibly can. And there are a ton of tools. I get it. And there's not enough time to get all those tools taught. I understand. But so let's pick those that low hanging fruit that we know are going to have impact right away, and uh, try to work on those. So I'm anxious to 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 be able to talk with you guys later about how do we add to your team. Uh, I've said that right in front of everybody. This will hit the <laughs> World Wide Web, but, I, you know, but um, you know, we want to add to your team. Uh, but I think it's important when we add that that person or persons have to have the same attitude toward those students, I say those students, toward dyslexic students so, uh, that you all have. So your fit is going to be you know, we can send anybody to a training, but we can't send anybody to have the compassion and the concern that's evident that you guys have. How do you look for that? And let's ask Karen. She's the leader. When you brought these two on, what were the things you looked for in a staff member? Compassion, love for their students, always looking for a way to help them not identify them. Um, you can teach someone anything they need to know, but you can't teach them how to love or how to have the compassion. Um, you can teach the program, right. but you have to have that first. And if I can find that first, then I can give the rest to them. Two Last two questions. Number one, um, what is it you would want parents to know whether they're have their child has dyslexia or they may be concerned that he or she uh, shows signs of dyslexia what are, or you know what, what is it you want parents to know if a parent's here in this conversation what do you want them to know and be able to do in regard to us providing them help go ahead Holly um, we have we know now that uh, there's ongoing research anyway that says one in five right people have dyslexia so a lot of people will probably show characteristics of dyslexia um, we have a set of procedures that our teachers follow that our parents can get um, in touch with the teacher they can get in touch with one of us but we have we have the whole line of procedures that we follow to make sure that we have covered all bases made sure that the teachers are on board they're looking at the same thing that the parent sees and um, that process is followed to where it gets to one of us and we can look at the whole, whole entire as, a, 
aspect of their academics and then move on from there. So as a parent, if I suspect or I feel that way, I just need to come to my, my child's teacher and say, hey, I'm concerned about can we possibly look at. And parents need to trust themselves. Okay. They have had this baby their entire lives. Yeah. They know their child. And if they say something's not right, it's our job to find out what, what it is. Yeah. That parent is not wrong. That parent is right, and they want help. And that's that's the one thing that I've, in, in some of the reading that I've done, I know, I, I know it surprises you, Tina, that I read about Take Flight. But <laughs> I think it's not surprising. Uh, a lot of things that I've read, that's one of the first steps or problems that, that parents run into is nobody believes me when I tell them something's wrong. And I've seen it. I've I've been in this business 25 years. You guys have been in it as well. Sometimes we as teachers, we start looking for reasons other than what mom and dad think it is right away. Um, You wouldn't go to a doctor and tell a doctor, hey, I think I've got cancer. Will you test me? And they look at you, no, it's probably something else. You just go on, you're fine. You know, they're... I've heard teach. We've I've said, hey, Johnny's fine. He's a good kid. He tries hard. He just doesn't have it. Man, if a parent tells you that that they're concerned about their child, they're concerned. And period. You hit the nail on the head when you said it's our job to find out why and what what's wrong and how we can help you know help them overcome it. So they're not lazy. They're frustrated. Yeah, it's easy to give up when you're frustrated, or you, and when you can't day after day after day. Yeah. Um, and they get upset and down on themselves. So, and there's a grieving period as well with parents when they when they finally say, "Okay, I'm ready to talk about it." Maybe it's not me. They have carried it for five or six years that this has been me, and I'm an awful parent. Yeah. And they're not. They are not. It's time for them to step up and say, "Okay, I need help," and we have to to accept that and say it's not you but let's see what we can do well as a parent and as a human we're, we're pretty mm-hmm. proud people mm-hmm. you know creatures and 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 being able to say i need help is not always in our vocabulary mm-hmm. so um next steps adding a person adding some team members um professional development for the remainder of our, for all of our staff um Give me a third thing that, that, that needs to take place to improve the lives of those students. Identification. So we've fixed mm-hmm. Identification. Being Making sure that, that, that we provide access to, to identification. Right. Following so we, through with what we know. Um, I have to say I need my teachers to know the child's strengths. I need them to be able to tell me everything good about that child. And if it requires a notebook for you to start watching, then get a notebook. Because when I meet with you, I want to know everything strong about him. I already know what he's not capable of doing. I need to know what you know that he's capable of doing. Because that's where you build from. Because that's where that relationship is coming from. What I know and what I can do, I can get stronger at. Cool. I'm proud of your work. And I'm proud that y'all part of the staff. And uh, I've learned a lot from you. And I hope to continue to learn from you. So thank you for taking the time to visit. A couple of things we've got coming up. We're going to a dyslexia conference next week. Sure. So we're all excited about that. 
and October 24th yes. is our Dyslexia Awareness Night at Clinton Primary. Okay. So we're inviting um, anyone who's interested in learning more about dyslexia, parents of children who have dyslexia, teachers who want to know more about dyslexia. Just October come 24th. On October 24th, 5.30, okay. Clinton Primary. Make sure you get that to the communications director and get that to all yes. the building principals. And Some brief announcements for the week of October 21st through October the 25th. On the 21st, the Hope Public Schools Board of Directors will meet at 5.30 p.m. in the Hope Public Schools Administration Boardroom. This meeting will be followed by the annual Hope Public Schools Report to the Public and the Hope Public Schools Facilities Report. All are open to the public. On October the 24th, Clinton Primary will host a School Dyslexia Parent Night at 5.30 p.m. in the Clinton Primary School Cafeteria. Announced dates for Red Ribbon Week in the Hope Public Schools have changed to October the 28th through the 31st. Check with campus offices to see when activities will be scheduled for your student's school. Please take time during Red Ribbon Week to learn more about how your student can help prevent drug abuse. The Hope Public Schools will observe School Bus Safety Week October the 21st through the 25th. The theme for the week is My School Bus, the Safest Form of Student Transportation. Remember, have your student wear bright, contrasting colors to be visible to drivers at bus stops, walk your child to the bus stop in the morning and back home at the end of the day, and have your student visible at the bus stop where the bus driver can see them. Whole Public Schools campuses have been awarded more than $19,000 in Tyson Foods Donors Choice .org grants to be used for the purchase of books, classroom resources, student school supplies, and other campus resources. See Hope Public Schools campus websites online to learn more about the Tyson Foods and DonorsChoose.org partnerships for public education. Thank you, Tyson Foods. Regular hours for the Bobcat School-Based Health Clinic Center are from 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday for medical services and 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday for behavioral health services. The clinic is closed daily from 11 to 11.30 but the, clinic is, the clinic's nurse practitioner may not be on campus during regular hours at times, but those times will be announced. Campus food pantries and needs pantries are now open to provide snacks and after-school needs for Hope Public School students on an as-needed basis. Donations of recommended food and needs items will be accepted on each campus of the Hope Public School District. Contact campus offices for more information. I want to say thank you to Ms. Ivers, Ms. Smith, and Ms. Hooker for the work they do and for taking the time to sit down and visit with us this week. It was an uplifting conversation, and we're extremely proud of the work they do. As always, thank you for listening to the Hope Bobcat Weekly Podcast, and thank you for believing in Hope Public Schools. Mm-hmm.